It's finally here. It is Super Week. So what's the one thing the Rams need to do to call themselves Super Bowl champions by the end of the week? You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Don't forget to check out our Locked on Rams YouTube channel. My name is Travis Rogers. You can find me at Twitter as well under my name, at Travis Rogers. I also host the Rams pregame, halftime, and postgame show on their flagship station, ESPN LA 710. Okay, it is finally here. It is Super Week. Today's show is brought to you by Get Upside. Let's get right to it. Let's talk about the one thing the Rams need to do to be Super Bowl champions for the first time as Los Angeles Rams. Of course, they won the Super Bowl as the St. Louis Rams against Tennessee about 20 years or so ago. But here we are, another opportunity for the Los Angeles Rams to become Super Bowl champions for the first time. So what needs to happen? It's really very simple. The numbers kind of slap you right across the face. Don't throw picks. It is football 101, right? It is easy. Win the turnover battle. Make sure that you take it away more times than you give it away, right? We all understand that. For the Rams, it goes to an entirely different level. The Rams, when they have not thrown an interception this season, okay, postseason, regular season combined, they're 8-0. They don't lose if Matthew Stafford doesn't throw interceptions. So, I mean, it's not super complicated, right? Protect him. Make sure that he's able to make good decisions. Put him in a position where he doesn't have to maybe force the ball into tight windows, and all of a sudden it happens. So what are they when he throws one interception? They're seven and five. Okay, so now all of a sudden we're into 500 territory. You give it away just the one time through the air, and you are just slightly better than a 50-50 shot. Think about it. No interceptions, eight and no. One interception, seven and five. That is a gigantic difference between those two things. More than two interceptions, we're two and three. So if we get to zero, you're going to win. One coin flip, more than one, odds are you're going to lose. This is how simple it is for this team to put themselves in a position to win games. This is why you can go into a game like you saw in Tampa. They turned it over four times, but none of them threw the air. This is when, look, this is right back to where we were almost a year ago from where we sit right now. You go back to this time in 2021, everybody's on vacation in Cabo and Sean McVay's down there and Andrew Whitworth's down there. And oh, looky here, here's Matthew Stafford enjoying a nice Cabo vacation. Nice place to go, right? And hey, why don't you grab a a, a margarita? Why don't you sit down with me? Why don't we just chit chat a little bit about what you're up to and how you been and how do you like Detroit and how are things going there and how those 12 years of no playoff wins really tasted. And I don't know if you've noticed anything about us, but we're a pretty good darn team, but we seem to struggle with times when maybe we fall behind or maybe we need to maybe make the offense slightly more dynamic, a little more multiple in the things that we do. Do you have any interest in something like that? Boom, trade gets done. Matthew Stafford comes here. All of a sudden, this team is in the Super Bowl again. And this time, as opposed to, hey, I hope that Jared Goff doesn't throw it to the wrong team. I hope we don't get to a point where we have to be behind and chase points because he might not be up for that. You're in a situation where you have a guy that can come from behind like he did 
against San Francisco, a guy that can drive you down the field with less than a minute to go to set up a game-winning field goal like he did against Tampa Bay, or a guy that can just be in complete control of the game from the opening kickoff like they did against Arizona. He only threw the ball 17 times against Arizona. They were never in trouble, dominated that game the whole way. This is an opportunity to do what they do, and here's the deal. When you talk about what else they're able to do, make sure you do not get Matthew Stafford sacked. Here are some numbers for you. When the Rams allow one or zero sacks, 11-0. 11-0. No interceptions, 8-0. One or zero sacks, 11-0. If they give up more than one sack, 5-4. and four. This, is, this is easy, right? This, it's not easy to do, but it's easy to understand where the parts come together. It's easy to understand that if you protect him, if you give him just a, a normal amount of time, you don't have to protect him like he's 150 years old and you can't touch him. What I'm saying is, Give him the right amount of time, the proper amount of time. He's going to find a good decision. He's going to find the open guy. He's going to find Cup. He's going to find um, Odell Beckham. He's going to find Van Jefferson. He might find Kendall Blanton in the Super Bowl because Tyler Higby's still kind of on the fence right there. But now all of a sudden, don't let him get hit. Give him time. You're not going to lose the game. So you look at what they're able to do. Cincinnati is pretty average in both of these categories. They're right smack in the middle of the NFL in both of these. They're 11th in sacks, the Bengals are. Okay. Top third, but eh, okay, fine. Nothing dynamic. It's not like you're looking at Aaron Donald. It's not like you're looking at Von Miller on the other side of the ball. And then as far as interception goes, literally right smack in the middle. 15th in the league in interceptions during the regular season. So this winds up really well for what the Rams want to do. Don't throw interceptions against a team that doesn't intercept a ton of passes to begin with. Don't give up sacks against a team that doesn't give up a lot of sacks, or I should say that doesn't go and get a lot of sacks to begin with. An offensive line for the Rams that more often than not has been very, very good this season. Look, what do we say? Eight and oh, no, excuse me, 11 and oh, when not giving up an interception or a sack. Okay, this, this is setting up. This is absolutely setting up for a Rams win coming up in Super Bowl 56. Those two numbers, the two most important numbers, we can talk about win rates and DVOAs and all these things that are scientific formulas and whatnot. Make it easy on yourself. When you're watching this game, when you're trying to figure out if the Rams are playing well, when you're trying to decide if, hey, is this thing going the way that we want it to go? Has he thrown an interception? If he has, cross your fingers and hope that it breaks the right way because we're in coin flip territory. If he hasn't, you can sit back, you can have your nachos and your wings and your chili and whatever else you got going at your Super Bowl party and feel pretty good about it. Has he thrown more than two? You might want to start thinking about the draft. You might want to start thinking about what's coming up next year. Why can't Sean McVay find a way not to do this, that, or the other thing in the biggest game of his life? Those are the questions that you could be asking yourself if it's more than two, both interceptions and sacks, because those are the two numbers that send this thing in an entirely different direction if he's not locked in. If he is, order your hat, order your party, get your pots and pans together, run out into the street, and start banging them together along the way. Okay, coming up next. I got another number for you. I got a number for you that if it's this at the half, you can start planning that party all over again. You might have this party planned by the middle of the second quarter if everything goes the right way. Or you may be thinking, you know what? We probably need a little more beer. We need we need to find a way to make this a little more tolerable through the second half. That's coming up next. But first, let's talk a little bit about our pals out Built Bar, right? We're getting into February. We're here 
resolutions can be hard. It's very, very difficult by this time. You've denied yourself all these different things. Make Built Bar part of your program to stay on track, to keep that resolution going strong. Have you tried the Puffs? Have you done it? If you haven't done it, you're missing out on one of their best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. It's a nice little treat, something that you can feel like you're getting away with something, only you're not. You're making a really good choice. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, Yes, puffs as well, 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace all of those terrible snacks you have with Built Bar. They're better for you. They taste better than a typical candy bar. Can be anywhere to two to 300 calories. Built Bar, 130. Four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's here, it's Super Week, and it's brought to you by Get Upside. And there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. That's me, here in L.A., all week covering the big game. Okay, so the number that I was talking about, the number that you can feel incredibly good about heading into the Super Bowl if, in fact, it's on the Rams' side. This is something that's an NFL record. This is not just, hey, the Rams are pretty good at this. They're a little bit better than your average team. This is somebody that's better at this than anyone ever. This is somebody that beat Bill Belichick's record. Here's a really good rule of thumb. If you are better at something than Bill Belichick is when it comes to football, you're on the right track, and Sean McVay has. Sean McVay is 47-1 and when leading at the half. 47 and one. Do you know what the one is? The one was the game week 18 this season against the San Francisco 49ers, which took the following chain of events for the one to come in. You needed Jimmy Garoppolo to drive about 85 yards in about 85 seconds with no touchdown, or excuse me, with no timeouts and to score a touchdown. That's the, and that hit, I like my chances of that not happening again. I like the chances of the Rams having a lead at the half and finding a way to get that thing to the finish line. 47 and one. That's not, hey, he had a good season. That's not, hey, he had a good couple of seasons. This is, if I have the lead at the half, I don't give it back. And yeah, some of these have been comfortable leads. Some of these have been double digit leads. Some of these have been multiple touchdown leads. A lot of them have not. A lot of them have been games where maybe you're up three, maybe you're up four, maybe you've got a one touchdown lead and they find a way. I don't even want to say that they find a way to hold on to it because that's a little bit misleading. I don't think it's a matter of they grip it really tight and they're able to finish it and just barely hang on. What the Rams are really good at doing with a lead. I think Sean McVay is as good at this as anybody in the numbers bear it out. Let me say it again. 47-1 and when they have a lead at the half. He had 45 in a row. That beat Bill Belichick's record most halftime leads in a row without blowing it. 45, Bill Belichick. Okay, so what it means is they continue to score. They don't sit on the lead. They continue to be aggressive, but the right amount aggressive, the smart amount of aggressive, which is let's continue to push. Let's continue to try to put points on the board, but let's not do anything crazy. Let's maybe you're taking a a few fewer home run shots. Maybe you're offering uh, an opportunity to your running backs to really take control of the game. And this, again, comes back to something that the Rams have gotten very, very good at in the second part of this season and through most of the playoffs, which is, You've got Sony Michelle. You've got Cam Akers. Pound those guys. Cam Akers is a tough, hard-nosed, physical running back. We saw in back-to-back playoff games, one against the Cardinals, one against Tampa, where he's knocking out defensive backs. 
right? It's usually supposed to go the other way where the defensive players load up and, and, and hit an offensive player. Maybe he's, you know, misses a play or two, or maybe he's not able to come back quite as quickly as you might expect. It's going the other way. He's taking guys out. Sony Michelle has been wildly valuable for him. Put that together with the offense and the physical play of Cam Akers. And we're still waiting to see about Daryl Henderson, right? Maybe he's available. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's activated. Maybe he's not. But all he's a, a weapon in the passing game. All three of these guys have been pretty good in the pass blocking game, giving him an opportunity. And with the Tyler Higby injury, and again, we're still waiting to find out an official, uh, official designation about whether or not he's ready to go. Maybe all of a sudden somebody catching the ball out of the backfield is a little more likely. Maybe we'll see a little more activity there. Maybe we'll just see more running plays. I mean, look, Cooper Cup's going to get the ball. Odell Beckham's going to get the ball. You can almost check the box on this before the game even starts. Van Jefferson will catch a pass in the first quarter that's for a first down. He, it's, it's put it down in ink on your pad. This is something that happens in virtually every single game. Cam, Je or excuse me, Van Jefferson with a big catch early in the game that keeps it going. There's so much attention paid to Odell Beckham. Beckham. There's so much attention paid to Cooper Cup that Van Jefferson's kind of the forgotten guy. And all of a sudden he gets singled up. He runs a route. He's open. Boom. Matthew Stafford puts it on him first down. And now you got to pay a little bit more attention to him. It opens it up for everybody else. But all of these things are things that the Rams continue to do in the second half. Sean McVay, to his detriment, I shouldn't say to his detriment, to his credit, doesn't get conservative. He doesn't do that thing, okay, we've got a 10-point lead, let's just try to spin clock. What he's trying to do is, let's try to maybe spin a little bit of clock, but let's also make sure that that 10-point lead is a 13-point lead, is a 17-point lead. They continue to push, and the biggest part of all of this is that when the Rams are ahead, what does that mean? Ready for some really brilliant insight here? It means the other guy's behind. What has to happen when the other guy's behind? they got to throw the ball more often than they might like to. They, they And they, again, this goes back to what we were talking about with San Francisco a little bit. San Francisco did the thing the one time, the 47-1, and one, the one when San Francisco came back and did it, they did it very unorthodox. They did it by running the ball a lot. They didn't make Jimmy G throw a million passes in that second half to try to get back in the game. They just kept giving it to Debo over and over and over again, and he was the guy that tore the Rams up. He threw a touchdown pass in that game to put him right back in it. Most teams are not going to, even the Bengals, who have a very effective running game with Joe Mixon, if they're behind, they're going to have to throw the ball. And what happens when the team that's chasing has to throw the ball? Aaron Donald doesn't have to play two ways. Aaron Donald doesn't have to find a way to make sure that he plays the run first and then go get the ball. He can just go. He can just go. Leonard Floyd can just go. Von Miller can just go. If these guys are in a one-way go, good luck. I, I We've talked about this a lot. I am a huge fan of Joe Burrow. I think he's a very, very good player. He reminds me a lot of Joe Montana when he first got into the league. I think that Jamar Chase is a very dangerous guy. But if that's the thing that they that the Rams know they have to do, and I know, I know that the Bengals were 21 to 3 behind in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game and came back to win the game. I understand that they're capable. But if you're telling me draw up a scenario, give the Rams the lead, make it so Cincinnati has to come from behind throwing the ball, and I've got that defensive front, give it to me. Give it to me. I'll take it right now. I don't I, even if it's a, a a relatively narrow lead. Say it's you know seventeen to fourteen at the half or ten to seven or whatever it might be. Give it to me. The Rams have found a way to get the hay in the barn in this thing every single time they've had an opportunity to do it. They've cashed it in. I think they'll do it again in the Super Bowl if in fact they can put themselves in there. And the good news is, and I know we talked about this last week that the Rams behind at the half or in the second half behind by ten or more points. They've only won two games, both of them in the NFC Championship, as as luck would have it. I this is different. Those numbers are a little bit misleading 
because a lot of those behind by 10 or more in the second half were Jared Goff games. Very few of these have been Matthew Stafford games. And when we did have one, he was able to do it against San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. I like their chances to come from behind too. Give me the other one for sure, but that is a very, very good spot for them. Okay. Can one win change in players' entire legacy? Talking about Matthew Stafford, and that's coming up next. But first, let's talk about Get Upside, right? You drive, I drive. Rams fans, you're here in Los Angeles for the most part, right? You're in your car a lot. Wouldn't you like to start earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time you fill up? Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside, but you got to put the app on your phone. It is free, but you got to put the promo code in there too, right? Touchdown, T-O-U-C-H-D-O-W-N, touchdown, $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. If you drive a lot, some people are making two to 300 bucks a year in cash back. No catch. Cash back added right back to your account. You can cash out anytime you want to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift cards, Amazon, other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents gallon or more back on your first tank. That's touchdown code, or I should say that's the code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. So by now you know that Super Bowl 56 is here in L.A. coming up on February 13th, but now it's clear that you have to be there to support the home team, right? And fill SoFi with blue, yellow, and that new white that is absolutely fantastic. Sure, you can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket closer to the day, but why wait? You can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime right now with our friends at On Location. True 50-yard line seats? only available with on location an invite to celebrate on the field with the champs on location and it's not just about game day it's exclusive super bowl weekend events across la pregame parties featuring a-list music talent and so much more i simply don't have time to talk about all of it the official hospitality partner of the nfl is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available period Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56. I'm going to give it to you one more time. Onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or just search Super Bowl on location. That's Super Bowl on location to get yourself to LA the right way. All right, thanks again for listening to Locked on Rams, your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Okay, Super Bowl 56 coming up here in just a little bit. Super Bowl, um, obviously, biggest sporting event we have here in this country. The thing that everybody's watching, even people that are not necessarily huge NFL fans, your grandma, your, your roommate that has never picked up a football in his life, they watch this game, right? This is a big deal. So it can change not just people that watch football's perception of these, but everybody's perception of it, right? And I'm talking about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has been in this league, this is his 13th season in the league, and most of the time that he's been here, he's been very, very good, very good. Pro Bowls, and he's been to the playoffs a handful of times, but it was kind of, yeah, he's fine. He's a nice player, but, you know, I mean, Lions. And <laughs> no disrespect to the Lions, I guess, but that's kind of, you know, e even Barry Sanders, right? Let's talk about Barry Sanders for a second. Barry Sanders, for me, is probably the greatest running back I've ever seen. Now, I'm not old enough to remember Jim Brown. I barely remember OJ. I remember Walter Payton. Walter Payton was an unbelievable running back. I saw Eric Dickerson. I've seen Marshall Falk. I've seen a lot of really great backs along the way. 
I don't know if I ever saw anything quite like Barry Sanders, though. He was he was just totally different than everyone else. And does he get mentioned the way that Walter Payton does, the way that even like a guy like Emmett Smith does? No, because he was on the Lions. And I know he's in the Hall of Fame, and he's one of the greats of all time, but you feel differently about these guys when you see them in different situations. Torrey Holt, who is a Super Bowl champion with the St. Louis Rams, said this about Matthew Stafford. If he wins the Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams, his legacy changes forever. Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. Think about it. What, what is one of the first things we think of when you think of Dan Marino? Great quarterback, right? Yep. Dan Marino, one of the greatest of all times. Yep. What else comes to mind when you think about Dan Marino? Never won the Super Bowl, right? When you think about Joe Montana, Super Bowl. When you think about um, Tom Brady, Super Bowl. Peyton Manning, Super Bowl. These guys that are the greatest quarterbacks of their generations won the Super Bowl. Those are the easy ones. What about the more challenging ones? What about Brad Johnson? What about Trent Dilfer? What about guys like this? What about Eli Manning might be a really good example of this because Eli Manning's numbers aren't in within a million years of Matthew Stafford's. But Matthew Stafford hasn't won the Super Bowl and Eli Manning has twice. So this is how these things change. You go from, yeah, he's pretty good, but to, oh no, yeah, he's one of those guys. Torrey Holden understands that. Matthew Stafford understands that. And because this isn't what the Rams were a few years ago, where Sean McVay was new, where Jared Goff was new. Even some of the other guys like Todd Gurley and, and Aaron Donald, what well, maybe not new, were relatively early in their careers. And it felt like, okay, we're going to get an opportunity to maybe do this a few times and we can start to stack these things together. And it's not, like I've said before, it's not a conscious decision. Oh, we'll be back. We'll just get it next time. This one will just be for fun. It's not that. I understand that everybody's competing. Matthew Stafford has played a career's worth of games that nobody paid attention to. That that Thursday game on Thanksgiving, early morning with the Lions, nobody's watching that. Nobody's paying attention. It's not that important of a game. The Lions are usually out of it by then. They're usually not playing against a team that you care about all that much. And this was the biggest game of his career more often than not. Now, all of a sudden, you're on a team that wins a bunch of games, that's got five or six primetime games a, a year, Monday night football, Thursday night football, Sunday night football. Just you're, you're in front of everybody all season long. You're playing in a market that's you know the center of the media universe. And now you're in the Super Bowl with a team that's a high-flying team with a chance to go do it. If he wins a Super Bowl MVP, how different is his entire legacy? It's not that, oh, yeah, he threw for a bunch of yards, but it's, yeah, he threw for a bunch of yards and he won the Super Bowl. And the second he was on a good team, it changed for him like that. That's an unbelievable change in perspective, in legacy. It might put him in the Hall of Fame. Think about it. Like if you go to profootballreference.com, they have that other players like or rankings. And this, this player is usually this percentage of this or that percentage of that to get into the Hall of Fame. He's a little bit below that. Now, if all of a sudden you have a Super Bowl championship, and I'm not going to put the cart ahead of the horse. I'm not going to say if he can get more than one. Let's just talk about the one. But if all of a sudden you are in that category, because he's not going to be Joe Flacco, who just, oh, yeah, we got along here, and it, and it happened, and he was a part of it, and he made a lot of money, and the whole is Joe Flacco elite conversation that became a, 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 a meme and a joke. This is a, hey, listen, this was one of the best quarterbacks of his era who happened to be on a terrible team that was run terribly, and the second he found a way out of there, it popped for him. It's going to change the way that he's looked at both in the short term and in the long term. There's no more yeah buts if he, if he wins on Sunday. Joe Burrow has a long time ahead of him. He, this is not a, hey, I need to get this done right now. This is a, if I get it done right now, this is unbelievable. 
But I guarantee you in the back of Joe Burrow's mind, he'll it'll never be said publicly, he does not expect this to be his one trip to the Super Bowl. He, he, not a chance. I guarantee you he's thinking, yep, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And the same thing that was going through Dan Marino's head. The same thing that goes through a lot of these guys that get there early. I bet you Jared Goff, when he was quarterbacking the Rams in Super Bowl 53, was not thinking, I'm never coming back here. Now, he's he's not. Unless he goes into a backup role somewhere else, he's not quarterbacking another team to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow's probably, Matthew Stafford knows different. He knows what this is, and not just for him. Matthew Stafford is an incredibly unselfish player. You listen to him talk, he talks about his teammates, but he's also a really smart guy. He understands the difference of these things on how this changes the perspective. And look, being a longtime NFL player, like he was, is, right, when he's all said and done, is entirely different than Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. That's a different category of player. One of my friends, DeMarco Farr, who I do uh, a lot of different things with around the Rams and on ESPN 710, where I do my daily radio show. Every time I introduce him, Super Bowl champion DeMarco Farr. Right? Is that better than longtime NFL player DeMarco Farr? And I get it. Quarterbacks are different than defensive tackles. I understand but it's a different category that he can almost immediately put himself into with a Super Bowl win. So not only can you win the first L.A. Rams Super Bowl in history, not only can you give Sean McVay his first Super Bowl championship, Aaron Donald his first Super Bowl championship, Cooper Cup, all of these things, your legacy forever, you probably end up going to the Hall of Fame if you win this game. Is that It's probably not fair that it's a, a one-and-done hit like that, but that's what it is, and that's how he's going to be remembered. If they don't get it done, what's the conversation? Not what we just talked about. A totally different conversation at that point. All right, thanks again for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel at Locked on, or I should say Locked on Rams, our YouTube channel right there, plus me on Twitter at Travis Rogers. For your second listen, make sure that it's Locked on Bets with your boy Q, also with expert analysis by Lee Sterling. We are here at Super Week. We are getting closer and coming up on tomorrow's Locked on Rams pod. We're going to start getting down into the nitty-gritty, the matchups, the number one offensive matchup for the Rams. That's right off the top tomorrow on Locked on Rams. Until then, whose house? It's Locked on Rams' house.